It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip-top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for February 22nd, where we are in the throes, officially, of the madness. High school basketball playoff season is upon us. We've already had it start in Iowa. We're going to get into the thick of it. Obviously, we've had it start on the Illinois girls' side, small school and large school. And we're going to get into the thick of it with Missouri boys and girls. We've got, obviously, the small school boys in Illinois kicking off this week as well. It is a wonderful time to be alive. Not to mention today, the final day of state wrestling in Missouri, Iowa, and Illinois. And, man, have we had some fun down in Columbia with local wrestlers who will be competing tonight for state championships. I will bring you all of that in just a bit to kind of set the table for the rest of the weekend. But we've got kind of a pretty unique show for you planned today. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to sit down with Lane Wyrather, the head coach of the Central Lee Lady Hawk basketball team, who will be playing to punch a state ticket tonight as they take on Des Moines Christian, state-ranked Des Moines Christian. And yes, Central Lee is there thanks to a monster upset this week. They pulled off on the road over West Burlington. Can the Lady Hawks get one more? They've had a heck of a season. We'll break it all down with Lane Wyrather in just a bit. And maybe you've heard the rumor around here that we are now here in the Tri-States, a college lacrosse community. We are at the advent of that as we've got college lacrosse programs starting right now at two different programs at Quincy University and at Culver Stockton, and for many of you, you're scratching your head and going, what do I know about lacrosse? We are about to educate you with Caitlin Erickson, who is the first-year head coach at Culver Stockton. I'm told she's a fantastic ambassador for the sport, and obviously her team is getting ready to make its home debut tomorrow. We're going to give you, we're going to give her a chance to convince you you should head on out to Poulton Field and see exactly what this is all about coming up on Sunday. So all of that coming your way in the next 30 minutes. But first of all, as I mentioned, want to set the table for you for a monster sports weekend. And again, the big headline this week is state wrestling, particularly in the Show Me State, where we have qualifiers tonight wrestling for state championships. They include three from Palmyra as Cullen Arch, the freshman, won two yesterday, including a 15-0 tech fall victory in most impressive fashion in the semifinals to punch his ticket at 120 pounds tonight to wrestle for a state championship. His brother, Ross Arch, makes his third straight appearance now as a junior in the state finals as well. He won a 5-3 decision in the semifinals to end up punching his ticket back to try to defend his state championship, although he's doing it this year one weight class up he was a 145 last year he'll defend at 152 the pleasant surprise for palmyra weston king the heavyweight at 285 has gone nuts two huge monster pins and upsets yesterday which gives us actually an all-local state championship we are guaranteed a winner tonight in the heavyweight division in class one as weston king will square off with macon monster caden phillips who also won his way with a pin and a 12-0 major decision victory into the finals those gentlemen have wrestled multiple times this season. We'll see if Weston King can pull off the upset or if Caden Phillips can hold serve and be your state champion there. Also advancing on, a pair of Centralia Panthers in Class 1, Braden Dubes, the outstanding freshman in 106, and he looks like he's got a real chance to take that title coming up tonight. Also, Grafton Littrell, who's been a really interesting story for Centralia at 182 pounds, ranked number one for most of the season, injured his knee, actually tore a ligament 
has been wrestling with that for the bulk of the season, re-injured this week, and yet still bounced back yesterday and won two matches to punch his ticket to the state championship match, which will take place tonight as well. So obviously that's a neat storyline. And we still have Trevor Wilson of Hannibal alive, who was talking this week to Jacob Borgmeier, really was probably Hannibal's best bet. He actually lost an upset fashion at the district last week. He is now poised after a couple of wins, including a 4-0 decision in the semifinals at 160 pounds in Class 3 to make his run at a state championship as well. And he's wrestling as well as anybody in the state right now, so that should be fun. So that is your Missouri breakdown in Illinois. Clayton Bowler of Camp Point Central still alive. He's in the blood round this morning over in Champaign, trying to assure him himself a medal. We'll keep you updated on his progress. In Iowa, we've had a bit of carnage, but Diego Lozano from Fort Madison, still alive in the blood round as well at 220 pounds. He had two pins yesterday to stay alive in the back draw. He too will be trying to grab a medal today. So obviously lots of goodness happening on the wrestling front. We also had basically the last games of the regular season last night in Illinois and Missouri small school basketball including one here in town last night. Quincy Notre Dame taking down Keokuk. And Quincy Notre Dame has actually not played very aesthetically pleasing basketball, but they found a way to beat some pretty good teams, including a Keokuk team that was 15-7 and coming in last night, held them to just 25% shooting from the field. So some good things are happening for Kevin Myers' team, at least at the defensive end right now, as the Raiders finish off the regular season 10-17 and with that victory last night. On the road last night at Geneseo, tough luck loss for the Quincy Blue Devils, who played very well indeed, despite not having Jeremiah Tolton, who's out for the next three to four weeks, effectively the rest of the season, perhaps, due to some issues with his knee. Adante Kreider stepped it up big in the loss last night with 30 points, but again, the Blue Devils fall to Geneseo in a battle of teams that were in second place in the Western Big Six, 53-49. to Also last night, Liberty stayed red hot, beating Pittsfield. In Liberty, 62-48, to Molten Klingle had 28 points in the victory for the Eagles. Brown County, a winner on the road at Unity, 57-32, thanks to 18 points from Tate Fullerton. Payson Seymour, a winner over Western, 56-43. to Lucas Luce had 26 points in that one. It was Southeastern beating West Prairie, 55-36. to uh, West Hancock on senior night takes down Camp Point Central, 60-37. to Beardstown, a winner over Route, 52-43. to Palmyra over in Missouri takes down Highland, 64-46, to buying 14 points from Aaron Stamper. Monroe City wins the Clarence Cannon Conference crown outright last night with a 63-50 victory at home over Macon. Centralia comes back huge in the second half to beat the Clark County Boys, 65-48, to your final there. Louisiana, a winner, 68-57 over Mark Twain. Hannibal on a last-second shot by Tristan Terry. Terrell wins at Fulton, 61-59. Terrell had 20 points in the victory there. Higby, a 71-50 winner over Marion County. Knox, Knox County, I should say, falls to Harrisburg, 50-41. And Paris beats Canton, 57-41 on the boys' side. Carson Burke, though, had 16 points in a losing cause and scored his 1,000th career point for the Tigers. Girls' side of things, Macon gets the win last night in Monroe City, 62-53, to claim the Clarence Cannon Conference title on the girls' side. Kate Hawkins with 21 points in that one for the victors. Palmyra wins over Highland on the girls' side. 74-55 last night. Centralia falls at Clark County, 52-30. Alexis Ellison had 19 points in that one. It was Knox County beating Harrisburg, 41-38. The Mark Twain girls knock off Louisiana, 53-26. Mackenzie Ogle, 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 steals in the victory there. The Hannibal girls stay red hot. They take down Fulton, 51-39 on the road. Emma Dion with 13 points in the win there. 
Tough loss on the road at a very good Paris team last night for Canton, 51-47 in overtime. The Marion County girls take down Higby, 60-46. Hallie Keyholes had 29 points in that one. State swimming in the Show Me State yesterday. Ainsley Bennett from Hannibal, a pair of ninth-place finishes in the 200-meter freestyle and 100-meter backstroke. Congratulations to her, as well as to Kate Monty, who finished 16th place in the 100-meter breaststroke. College baseball, yeah, believe it or not, we're talking baseball. The weather has turned at least enough in some corners of the world for us to have college baseball. Culver Stockton opening up with a doubleheader split yesterday. 5-2 win over Columbia College as Dax Flowery, the former Quincy High star, had two ribbies in the win. Culver Stockton would lose to Jamestown of North Dakota 7-1 in the second game. Not technically a doubleheader, just two games yesterday. College lacrosse, as I mentioned, the Quincy University women get their first ever program victory 18-7 last night over the Peacocks of Upper Iowa. And again, we're on that lacrosse vibe. We'll break it all down for you, explain what you need to look for and why you need to be interested and how you grow a culture from the start with Caitlin Erickson of Culver Stockton coming up next. Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And we are joined now by first-year Culver Stockton lacrosse coach Caitlin Erickson, who's taken a little time away from a youth camp she's holding this morning. We certainly appreciate that from her. And she's going to break down the sport. And I think it feels a little unfair to call you a first-year coach, Caitlin, because you've been on the job since November 16th of 2018, which I guess is implicit in trying to build a culture in a program that doesn't have one. First of all, how have you kind of found the reception so far in this community for what you're trying to do? As far as the community goes, and thank you for having me this morning. Um, as far as the community goes, it's been nothing but open arms. Um, you know, everyone's excited to learn about lacrosse, and it's 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 something new in the area. Even though you know QU has also had this or had the sport for about the same time we have, um, but the support and um, just the the overall welcoming has been been amazing so far. You're a Chicago native who kind of found love for the sport. I, I would assume back towards high school, you were a goalkeeper. Is that correct? So I actually found love for the sport in college. I didn't start playing until freshman year of college. I was originally a field hockey player, and I, I was a field hockey goalie. Okay. Um, and I came to I came I went to Lindenwood University, and the the coach reached out to me and said, "Hey, we need a goalie for lacrosse. Do you want to try it?" And then ever since, you know, day one of freshman year, I was a dual sport athlete. So what's the source of appeal for you? When did you find that you really had a love for this and something that you could grow and spin forward and now turn into a career? You know, um, I started coaching right after college. I was a graduate assistant coach, and I actually coached on the field hockey end. Um, And I really didn't find my love for lacrosse until about four years ago when I started coaching it. Um, you know, I loved it, playing it, and um, just never thought it, it would be in my future. But then I became the head coach of a field hockey and lacrosse team at a at another school. And, you know, my love for lacrosse slightly became a little larger than my love for field hockey. So from your standpoint, let's talk a little bit about the position you're in now because you're trying to grow a culture. And obviously this is not the easiest place in the world to do that when there's not an existing sort of framework of lacrosse love. What's the first thing you say to people when you try to entice them, you know, not just not just recruits, obviously, but fans to come out and say, hey, because people are intimidated by new. I think you probably know that better than anybody. 
I'd say actually, especially in the in the Canton area and Culver Stockton, I wouldn't say they're intimidated by it. I'd say they're more excited. They're they're looking for lacrosse 101 sessions. They they want to see the stick. They want to see the ball. They want to see how we do things. Um, so you know, the newness of the sport I think is more exciting. And I think when when we're trying to get fans to come out and watch, they you know, you just tell them it's a combination of basketball, hockey, and soccer. Um, and it's about, I'd say, almost as fast as hockey, but it's a bigger field and there are more goals scored. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're very intimidated. Everybody's on board and excited and, and ready for this first game. That's a heck of a sales pitch. Well done there. Let's talk a little bit about where you're at with the program because I know you're recruiting to an area that, that again, hasn't had the sport as sort of a seed to, to kind of get a grassroots. But you've done pretty well, and you found a lot of players. What's the number one selling point, Caitlin, when you kind of get people to, hey, you have a chance to be in on the ground floor of something? What really appeals to your recruits and your players coming into Culver Stock? and getting to wear that sort of inaugural uniform? Um, you know, for the first appeal is, is our campus um, up here at Culver Stock, and then the other one is all the firsts. So, you know, last week was our first scrimmage. This is our first game. Who's going to score the first goal? Who's going to make the first defensive block? Um, I think that's what, a, that's what attracted our original crop of recruits and even the girls that we recruited on campus, and then you know, the recruits that we're working with now are looking to also continue to be a part of history. You know, some of them are on campus today for our prospect day. Um, they get to see the first game and they get to see ground zero. And then, you know, when they're here four years, uh, you know, when they graduate in four or five years, you know, they can look back and say, wow, like, look where we came from. Look how much we've grown. You know, we went from having – 13 players on the field our very first game to, you know, however many we're, we're up to in four or five years. So I think that's the attraction and, and that's the appeal to coming to a first-year program. Two years of your life, Caitlin, has basically built up tomorrow at noon where you finally get to debut this thing officially. Just your level of excitement because, like anything, I know you take great ownership and great pride in what you've built, as are these 13 girls that are kind of these, these pioneers for this campus. Uh, just your, your level of excitement to get to tomorrow and finally get this thing unveiled for the world. I don't know if I can put it into words. Um, I'm I'm the type of person that wants to be as prepared as possible, um, and and just you know, we've been planning the this game with the community around the school about different you know different uh, giveaways we're we're gonna have, um, you know we're gonna have like food set up for for like the first hundred fans, um, you know we're we're doing a pack the stands event, and um, you know. I, I think I'm just excited for everyone to finally see what we've been working towards and, um, you know, what lacrosse is. Because we still have so many people out there that are like, you know, I've never seen a lacrosse game before, but I'll be there at noon. I don't know what I'm in for. <laughs> um, so I think I'm more excited to to show everyone, you know, what lacrosse can be and what, what this lacrosse culture can be and is now and will be in the future. You have a chance tomorrow, obviously, to, to, to get those eyes on you, which you touched on there is, is incredibly important for the starting point of this thing. If I show up tomorrow at noon on your campus to watch my first lacrosse match, and I have not watched lacrosse ever in my life, how quickly is it that I get hooked? What do I need to look for? And how quickly am I a fan? Well, I think 
since the game is already a fast-paced game, you're looking into scores in the double digits. So it's not, you know, I love soccer, um, but soccer games are typically two to three, you know, one to two, that kind of thing. You're, you're going to see scores in, in the double digits from either one or both teams. Um, so you're you're going to be looking at a fast-paced game, fast runs, balls, you know, ball moving through the air, quick shots, um, you know, it, maybe not at this level, but at, at a higher level you're going to see, you know, trick shots, um, you know, hidden ball tricks. You know, we'll get there eventually. But, um, <laughs> you know, just to, tomorrow, you know, you just want to look for that fast pace, that energy, um, and, and just something different. You know, the ball's moving through the air instead of on the ground which is what a lot of people, I, I don't think they really realize that's what's, what's happening. You know, they've seen soccer, they've seen dribbling and basketball, they've seen hockey, they've seen football, which, of course, the ball moves through the air, but consistently moving through the air. So um, it's, it's a different tempo, it's a different game, and um, I, th- I think everyone will like it. Well, we'll just sell you as being so much more exciting than Tyler Tomlinson right off the top. That's how we'll pitch it tomorrow. But again, just kidding, all kidding aside, we love Tyler. But noon tomorrow, your first chance to go see it at Culver Stockton. Go out and support Caitlin Erickson and the Lady Wildcats in their debut. Thank you, Miss Erickson, for joining us and being such a great ambassador here to your sport. You're welcome. Thank you. And when we come back, we're going to talk Lady Hawks basketball. Yes, indeed, for Central Lee with Lane Wyrather. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. Just one win away from a trip to Des Moines, which could happen tonight for his squad. Lane Wyrather, the head coach of the Central League Lady Hawks, joins us now. And Lane, you punched your ticket to this opportunity with a fantastic upset win on the road against West Burlington this week. Uh, a team that had beaten you previously twice. Break down for me what you saw from your team, what the difference was this week, because you played, as somebody who got to watch the first half of that game, an outstanding effort. Well, good morning, Chris. Uh, like you said, uh, this was our third meeting against uh, West Burlington uh, Falcons, and the first time we had lost by 30 points on their court and then came back to Central League later in January and lost by six points. So, uh, you know, we go into that third game, what are we looking for? What, what, uh, what has hurt us the first two games and what stood out a lot was 24 turnovers in each of those two first games, uh, some offensive rebounding problems, and trying to uh, control like Sydney Marlowe from West Burlington and uh, the Vandenberg girl that shoots the three from the outside, Chris. So uh, uh, when we uh, put our game plan together, our game plan was to stop the driving by uh, West Burlington and stop the Vandenberg girl from shooting the threes from the outside, Chris. Well, Sydney Marlowe, by the way, for those of you who might recognize the last name, is the daughter of former Southeastern point guard star Jason Marlowe, and obviously a very talented young lady. And Lane, your girls executed really well. And I think you saw their confidence spike a little bit, I would think, in, in the wake of that. Where do you feel like you are going into tonight's game against a really good Des Moines Christian squad? Well, Chris, uh, truthfully, knock on wood, I think we're playing our best basketball of the year at the right time right now, Chris. And like you said, I don't know, there was just something about those girls, Chris, uh, uh, against uh, West Burlington. They were loose on the right up to the game. Uh, they were loose in the locker room, but yet they had a confidence within them. 
And, uh, you know, to hold them to nine points in the first half, Chris, uh, was a compliment to the girls. Oh, it certainly was, Landon. I think it was a compliment to your coaching as well. You've done a fantastic job this year kind of building around, and everybody kind of knows the name Maya Mershman. She's third in the state of Iowa in scoring, and she's a fantastic talent, but the pieces that are around her maybe don't get enough play. You've really built a nice team dynamic, even if Maya gets a lot of the, I guess, headlines for the big scoring totals. That's right, uh, Chris. Uh, the supporting cast, as you might say, uh, doesn't give enough credit. And throughout the year, they just their confidence has grown. Uh, and we've talked about their roles a little bit and what they need to do for the team. And let's give some credit to Maya. Maya has, uh, you know, uh, 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 she's uh, done her job as far as getting her teammates involved in the last uh, three to four weeks here uh, more. And uh, so when you put that together as a team effort, uh, you know, uh, good things happen to your team. One of the things I like about where you're at, you kind of touched on it with this, is you've been in this a long time, Lane, and, and this is a chance kind of on the back end of your career to have a chance to make one more run. What does this personally kind of mean to you, uh, you know, regardless of what happens tonight, to have that fun and excitement that's just so unique to the February playoff run? What's this been like for you personally, just to kind of see it from a different vantage point in your career? Well, Chris, I don't know. Maybe you, I guess you, I don't know if you know or not, but uh, this is my last, Year, I do. I, I didn't so want to let the cat out of the bag later on without, <laughs> without asking there, so. you first. Yeah, it's kind of out there, Chris. And uh, just to take the team from, uh, oh, I guess the summertime uh, and go all the way through the year, uh, I think everybody pretty much knew that it was probably going to be a one-year deal for me coaching. And But yet I, I needed to step up for Central League because Central League is my home uh, for so many years, all through my life, and Nadine's as well. And so taking these girls, uh, you know, probably with, uh, you know, looking at it from the fan stat, uh, standpoint, you know, maybe the expectations weren't going to be there that maybe we weren't going to get as far this year, that we were going to struggle a little bit. But yet uh, we battled through everything all year long, got better and better. And so, man, from my point, uh, it's just been a blast. And coaching with my wife has been a blast and Tyler Bryant. Uh, and, you know, whatever happens tonight, Chris, I, I know, I think it's gone from a, a good season to a fan, uh, to a fantastic season. And, you know, we could have icing on the cake, uh, here, depending on what happens tonight. But regardless, Chris, from my standpoint, it's been good. But yet, Chris, this is not about me. This is about, uh, those girls, all 15 of them on the varsity roster. And I want, Want it to happen to them more than me. Well, that's awfully cool, Lane. And, and I want to laugh in the, in, you know, in the time that we have left together here, and it's kind of short, but just tell me what needs to happen. What do you envision has to be the biggest single factor for you to have a night, to uh, a win tonight, pull off an upset? And I think most people would look at it as an upset by seed, by the fact that, again, as we touched on, they're very good, but you're playing well. What do you need to do to kind of get that second upset in a row tonight, Lane? Well, Chris, Des Moines Christian, they're going to shoot about 22 three-pointers probably tonight. And uh, we have to identify, especially number three, and Mariah Pruitt shoots uh, about 37% from the three-point line uh, out there, moves over, slashes and dashes like Sidney Marlowe. And, but their other shooters, you know, they're going to shoot eight to nine two, so they're going to put up about 22 threes. And I think, you know, if we can hold them to about five, Three made field goals tonight, 
we will be there at the end, Chris. Well, we will be there with you tonight, Lane, and hope to have great highlights of another upset win. I feel like I was pretty lucky the other night to get a chance to see that in person. So we'll keep the fingers crossed and hope the good luck continues for you. Best to you, sir, and as always, great career, great job this season, Lane. Chris, thank you, and thanks for covering us, uh, the Central League Lady Hawks. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely, and that does it for another edition of the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket. Coming up next week, we're not only going to be breaking down regional championships from Friday night, but hopefully, if everything goes according to plan on Monday, the Quincy Notre Dame Lady Raiders will be at state trying to win themselves yet another championship in the Eric Orn era. So hopefully we'll have Eric Orn for you from Redbird Arena coming up next weekend right here as well. That's it for me, everybody. Overtime tonight at 1030, loaded for bear with wrestling. And again, Central Lee trying to punch that state ticket and Keokuk, the girls getting into playoff action as well. All of it for you at 1030 tonight at KHQA CBS. That's it for me, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you right back here next Saturday at 8 a.m. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.